Well, let's um, get your communion cup out. Um, <laughs> yes. You got my water. <laughs> I was hoping that she might be here because I want, I want to illustrate. Look in Hebrews. Turn the book of Hebrews. There's a Bible. If you don't have one, there is a Bible probably in the, underneath the seat in front of you. Hebrews. Chapter 10. And uh, would everybody before going back to the original cup things instead of these little things? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to work on that. All right. <clears throat> Hebrews is a... Um, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but it's obviously written to Hebrew Christians, the Jewish Christians. Um, and it's a it's a great study. In chapter ten, it says it talks about the law. We're referring to the sacrificial practices, you know, the lamb and the goats and all the different regulations that were part of the law of Moses. And <clears throat> it says here that the law was only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Not the realities of themselves, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, they would not have. They would. They would. Uh, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. Did you hear what that said? If I, and there's several. Uh, you look at um, um, this is Hebrews 10, verse one and two. But verse two said again, like for the worshippers would have been cleansed from all the sin and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. I I believe that sometimes we, as followers of Christ, still walk around feeling guilty for certain sins. There you go. That's my... Amen. That's right. And yet, not only is it that our sins would be forgiven, but, it look, but, but God wants us to be free from feeling that guilt. That, that is so significant. It might seem like a small thing, but it's so significant because it's how that will shape how we look at life, how we look at ourselves, how we look at God. You think, well, I'm not really that worthy. You know, you've got a significant sin in your life. It was if it was abortion or or or, or for some people, they, they treat divorce people like divorce was the unpardonable sin. You know that. Um, and those kind of you, know, you got something significant in, in your path that, that in your past that's 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 really was a big deal. And Christ has forgiven that and he wants you to also walk in, in, in the knowledge that you are free from the guilt of what that, what that um, whatever that was. 
Verse 3, But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin, because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take uh, away sins. The good thing about the law, the law of Moses, is it pointed out we were sinners. Right? It, and we, since we couldn't obey it, guess what it also pointed to? We need a Savior. Right? And uh, not just, not just uh, you know, some kind of self-help uh, stuff. We needed a Savior. And verse 5, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, He said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, this is Christ speaking, Here I am, it is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, O God. Uh, first he said, sacrifices and offerings, uh, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings, sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, Christ speaking again, here I am, I have come to do your will, and, and then sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ, Jesus Christ, once and for all. Once you, if you can get that little wafer thing off. Take that cellophane thing off the top. That it's here is in Hebrews talking about that the sacrifice of Christ's body is what has made us holy. That um, he says, verse um, thirteen. Since that time, he waits for his enemies. Um, Let's see, 14, excuse me. Because by one sacrifice, meaning his body, we are made perfect forever. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit testifies that this is the covenant I will make with them. Says, Lord, I'll put my laws in their heart, write them on their minds. And he adds, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember more, more, no more. And verse 18 says, and where, there, where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. That Christ's body, in, in, in the writer of Hebrews is speaking, about, but the, it, the offering of his body is what, what made us holy. And I want you to notice something here, and, and then we'll partake with the, of the bread, where it says, one sacrifice, by one sacrifice, meaning his body, he's made perfect forever those who are being made holy. This is how you are, how we are in Christ. You are perfect forever while being made holy. That's exactly what he's saying. And, and um, meaning that the, bull, the, the sacrifice of bulls and goats could never, was not a perfect salvation. Meaning the word perfect in the, the, uh, he, the Greek word means complete. It's not, not perfect in the sense that we, we say without flaw. It means complete. Um, that the salvation that we have through Christ, uh, who gave his body in our place, is complete. It covers everything we need to be covered. Amen? And so we are perfect forever. I mean, we, we can be right with God right now forever. And at the same time, we're being made holy. As he puts, talks about putting his law on our hearts and, and, and on, our, on our minds, there's this walking out this new life. Because how many know <laughs> you just, well, like that old saying years ago, says, 
I, I'm a Christian. I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven, right? That we're, we're walking through this life and, and, and by his Holy Spirit and his word, he enables us to begin to walk, to become more like him and less like we were. Amen? But the, the biggest point is that the, our sins have been forgiven and therefore the guilt needs to go away. That you are not a, a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint. Whenever Paul refers to the Christians in the New Testament, he doesn't keep calling you sinners saved by grace. We, have, we were sinners, now we're saved by grace, and now we are saints of God. We are perfect before him because of what Christ did, because of his body given for us. Amen? And therefore, guilt is not to be the Lord of your mind. You know what I'm saying? To be able to walk out of here this morning and, and, and just know that you are, before, before God, you are completely forgiven. You are completely clean. It's like I've, I used this before. Just imagine if you, if you have debt, like a mortgage, just walk out of here today because somebody just paid your mortgage off. All right? Whatever debt, that somebody, before you leave here, they, they paid your whole debt, whatever debt you have. And how would that feel when you walk out of this room? Well, what if we chose to walk out of this, uh, this place just reminding ourselves that I am, I am free from guilt for what I've done. He has paid the price. His body was given in my place. And I can be thankful for that. Amen? Why don't you bow with me for a minute? Lord, we, just th- we thank you for the body of Christ that was given for us. And Lord, that you have um, done the work to, to completely save us, a perfect salvation, Lord God, that we are completely forgiven and set free in Jesus' name, and that we are now have become the children of God. And we thank you. And I, I pray, Father God, for the revelation of those who may be struggling in the back of their mind and their heart about things from the past. The enemy tries to bring them back. Or maybe other people in our life try to remember uh, things we've done wrong. But, Father, you have forgiven them all. And we thank you that you have made us perfect through the blood of the body of Christ given us in our place. And we take this now in remembrance of you in Jesus' name. Amen. To partake of the bread. very carefully with the cup. Just going to the chapter before, in um, chapter 9 of Hebrews, it talks about the blood of Christ. It says in verse 13, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer uh, were sprinkled on those um, who were ceremonially unclean. They sanctify him. Let me just, let me just put it in a nutshell. The, the sacrificial lamb, was the blood, was mixed in, into a, a certain mixture and then using some hyssop, a kind of a, a brushy kind of uh, plant. Like a, it'd be like a, a paintbrush in a sense. And you'd dip it in it and then you'd sprinkle it on, on everything. You'd sprinkle it on parts of, in the temple and, and people. It was all about cleansing them. And um, uh, talk about... Cleansing our, our consciousness goes on here. They say, uh, verse 13, I'll read that again. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean, sanctify them, sanctify them so they are outwardly unclean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit 
offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Again, the same kind of element about the, 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 the body that our consciences can be cleared from the acts that lead to death. I mean, there's so much starts right up in here. This is where, this is where that's why in Romans 12 it says, to be transformed by the renewing of your minds, not the renewing of your hearts, because our actions, our attitudes, uh, all these things, they all start up here on, on whether we got good thinking or stinking thinking going on up there, right? And part of that stinking thinking is that thinking that you've just got to walk around in the shame and guilt of something that you did that you can't ever change. Now, you'll never be able to forget about that, but God wants you to, to recognize that's taken care of. And you can, his, through his blood, he's come to actually cleanse. Just like, just like they would use the blood to, to cleanse the various items of the temple and the people. The, the blood of Jesus has come to cleanse our consciences that would want to try to keep convicting us. And so, but some says, well, why does blood have to be shed? And he, 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 he says it right here, but I'm just, just for sake of time. Um, you know, this is the New Covenant, the New Testament, right? Or New Covenant, same word. Do you, any of you have this last will and testament, right? It's the same thing. The New Testament, which is the New Covenant, the will, the will of God, could not be enacted while the Son was alive. In any kind of will, last will and, 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 and testament, cannot be put into effect until the one who wrote it dies. And that's why Jesus had to die. And all the, the Old Testament sacrifice, sacrifices were simply a, a, a shadow pointing towards the ultimate Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. And by Him dying, He has then opened up the door for the new covenant, the will of God, in the sense of truly a will that we can be forgiven and become the children of God by faith through grace and by, by grace through faith. And it, but it had to come at the expense of his blood, the pouring out of his life. That when we understand the, the, the costliness of, of what Christ has given to us, who, who gave his life that we might live, and you understand then when people reject Christ, what are they rejecting? The death of the Son of God, the shedding of His blood in their place. And they turn their back on that. That's no small thing. Amen? But knowing that we have been forgiven in every way, a perfect salvation, a complete salvation. We can become, we are the children of God, John 1, 12, um, that to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And we've I said this before, but did you ever consider that you have a right to become a children of God? It's your right. God created you. We have all these God-given rights we talk about, you know, the right of of speech and, and religion and so forth, but the right to become a child of God, that is your right. And through the blood of Jesus, his death and, sac and uh, sacrificial death on the cross, 
you now, you and I have the ability to claim that right. Um, and no one can take that away from us. Amen. So let you hold that up and let's just pray. Father, we just thank you. And Lord God, that each one of us, Lord, here as we hold this, um, we just we commit our life to you, recommit our life to you. We thank you, God. Thank you for the forgiveness that is ours and that we are the children of God. Not by works we, that anyone could boast, but by your grace and your great mercy. And Father, I just I pray that we might really step forward in, in the confidence that we don't need to walk under the guilt and the shame of the things of the past, but the joy, in the joy and the assurance of our salvation and our forgiveness. And we just thank you. We, give, we partake of this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's so much more that um, the last half of chapter 10, I'm not going to go into that, but talks about as we talk about let us draw near to God. And I just will close with this. That being convinced, being really grabbing hold of this truth that we we are forgiven. We are a child of God. That we are we are we are completely saved. Gives us confidence to draw close to Him for the things we have around us, the needs we have around us, and we need to do that. We need to have that confidence to, to draw near. Because how about we've got a whole bunch of trouble around us, right? That needs more than just a campaign, but they need we need God to come into our presence. Amen. And so as we seek God for revival, we seek him for awakening, that we can draw near to him, know that, that he wants to do these very things, and we, um, we have every right and privilege to do so. And so same thing in your family. How many would say you've got some family that you're concerned about? Right? Yeah. So why don't we stand real quick, and we'll just um, close with this. And... Um, Especially if there's a, a specific family member in particular, can, can we believe that the God's going to uh, can can do a work in them right now? Do we do that? Right? Do you believe that you have a right to come before God right now? Because you're forgiven. You are a child of God. You don't need to come and be ashamed or, or beg. He wants to hear us, and He wants to answer. He that He might get glory. Amen. So let's stand and um, let's let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord God. And you just just you just privately just lift that that name uh, to, to the Lord right now. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of you. We thank you, Father, that we can come to you with confidence, with assurance, God, of who you are. And God, even those those issues or people, whatever it might be, that have been going on for such a long time. Lord God, we are, are, are tempted to get very discouraged um, and, and, and back off. But Father, forgive us for that we, right now. But we, we want to stand right now in the name of Jesus for a breakthrough in our loved ones' uh, hearts, in their life, in their mind, in their thinking, in their lifestyle. 
Whatever the situation, Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking you right now. We're coming to you in faith. You told us to come to you, Lord, and, and, and we're, we're admonishing the Scriptures to draw near to you with, with confidence and boldness that, and that we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses um, so we can draw with boldness to you. We come to you, Lord, boldly and say, God, in Jesus' name, we lift up this one to you. And God, no matter what it might seem like to us, God, you're able to reach. You're able to speak. And we're asking you to send your Holy Spirit, God, whatever angels you need to send to do whatever. But in God, right now, we stand for them right now in Jesus' name. And believe, God, that, that the breakthrough is coming. That the breakthrough is coming, Lord God, because you're coming. And we, we lift them up to you and we thank you, God. Um, uh, for what you're going to do. And Father, whatever you need us to do, if there's something, Lord, I pray you prompt us, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit speaking to us uh, as well in that way. That you might get glory in this place. The devil's getting glory in these people's lives who've been ruined or destroyed or, or, or sidetracked. But God, that you might get glory in these people's lives and in ours and in our fellowship, Lord God. That people would know that you are God and there's nobody else. And we'll give you praise, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray your, your blessing upon your, your, your people right now as we go from here. Lord, in, in, in all ways, in these coming, just these couple of weeks especially, I pray you, you just show them how real you are, how present you are, how good you are, how forgiving you are um, in each one's life and their family. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. Plenty of information back there. If you want to talk to Sherry or, or Ann. And, anyway, thanks for coming.